the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show. And we got the winners from yesterday. And what an event that happened in Martinsville. Justin Allgaier brings home the Xfinity win to push yourself on into uh, the round of four for, for the uh, championship in the Xfinity. He knows how to get it done. That was my pick for the weekend. And, guys, we've got uh, – let's see, we got Ryan uh, – Priest is going to be on. They started the week off with the Modifieds. And uh, Ron Silk, who is the uh, Modified champion, two-time champion for the year. So it, that's about 10 minutes. And then we're going to go into the uh, Xfinity and uh, then into the uh, Cup race. But, guys, our uh, round of four, pretty impressive, guys. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's get started with Ryan Priest with the, the uh, modified win this week at Martinsville. All right. We are going to start with our post-race media availabilities for today's Virginia is for Racing Lovers 200 with the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. We're joined by our race winner, Ryan Priest, driver of the number 40 Mizzy Construction entry. Um, Ryan, pretty cool win out there for you today. Uh, why don't you just talk a little bit about coming back to the Modified Tour today and, and winning that race? Yeah, I mean, most people – when you're at the cup level and you come down and, and you win, you probably wouldn't see so much emotion, but I put a lot of effort in my racing. Um, I worked, <laughs> I looked at my wife three days ago and I kind of said to her, I'm like, man, like the amount of details that I expect out of myself when I put into my race car and the amount of time I was putting into it, I was like, I, I knew two, two or three weeks ago when I said I was going to do it, that it was going to be a lot of work, but I, I I just put a, a lot into this. So between that and I, never, I guess um, it hit me on the stage, the Virginia is for lovers. It's probably not a big deal for most, but uh, the last time I won uh, on the tour, I believe, was Richmond. And that was the day I lost one of my best friends and my car owner, uh, which that is this same car uh, that we bought um, from his wife. So it hit me. It's just it's not easy to win. I don't care what level it is, and, and especially these guys, um, Justin Monsignor, Ronnie Silk. There's a lot of great racers in this series. So, um, you know, it's not – it's 200 laps. Anything can happen. you got to have flawless pit stops. you got to do everything right coming through the pack. So, um, you know, I hope I hope we can have a really fast car on Sunday and we can do it there as well because, I, obviously, I want to win at the cup level. I want a grandfather clock on Sunday. But um, this one really hits home for me. Awesome. Well, we're going to open up to questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. Start in the back. Ryan Danko, Ariado. On the restart, you seemed really good all day long. In fact, that's where it seemed all the leaders were good on the restarts. How important was that? I, I just didn't want to give Justin the opportunity to, to be able to get a run on me coming out of two. Um, my car took a lap to really fire, and I guess uh, when I was able to trap him up on top of the 07, it, it allowed me to get a gap. And then from there, it was just, you know, half a tenth every single lap and building that gap. And, 
you know, usually I feel bad because for the fans, they come here to see us race it, duel it out, come to the last lap. But when you have that fast of a race car, I just want to pummel them. I want to, I want to pull away and, and show, um, you know, how fast of a race car we really had. So it's just hard work. And, and there's days where Justin, you know, and those guys will pull away by half track and, and do the same. But when you have that fast of a race car and that dominant, you just want to show it. Come up front here. Uh, Brandon White, NASCAR Roots. Ryan, you got your first NASCAR wheel modified tour win at Martinsville so many years ago. And now here you are over a decade later and you get another grandfather clock. So how special is this one now compared to when you won your first race of the modified tour all those years ago? Well, see, it was interesting. Um, when I won that race, it was it was more of just uh, the other leader winner had been disqualified. So I never got to celebrate. Um, I do have a grandfather clock, but I finished second that day. Today, we dominated. We won. And, you know, I've had such fast race cars here in the past multiple times. I can think back to two years ago when we led 110 laps, came down pit road, and lost a lap. And, and that just ruined our day. So... Um, to be able to finish it off and, and kiss that grandfather clock on that stage and knowing that I'm going to put one in my house, uh, another one. Uh, the other one stays in my father's, so it'd be nice to put one down in North Carolina. Thank you, Ryan. Additional questions for Ryan? Go up here. We, of course, I'm starting to use from Martinsville, and, uh, and of course, um, just winning at Martinsville, can you just tell me what it feels like? I mean, it, it, it's, it's a unique track. It's it, it's really the history that makes Martinsville unique, right? And when I think of, of history and, and everything like that, I think back to two years ago, uh, I actually owned a 1969 Ford cab over, and I drove it here to test with. And when I was pulling in, I felt like I was Richie Evans, and I'm not saying I'm Richie Evans, but I felt like this is what they must have felt like coming here in the 80s. And, um, yeah, I... <laughs> It's just really in the morning when you're pulling down that road and you're coming up to the to the turns three and four of the gate, so to speak, and you're pulling into the track, it's special. Um, you know, I think that's why it, you guys saw there's 40, 40 modifieds that showed up for this event, and that's because it's Martinsville. It's, a, it's an opportunity to win a grandfather clock, and it's just, I mean, tons of history. Anything additional for Ryan? All right, Ryan, thanks for joining. Y'all can go to bed now. All right, it was a long, long day, uh, guys. Uh, we're going to bring uh, Ron Silk on, two-time modified champion. I tell you, these pa uh, pavement pounders, uh, I've seen them several races at New Smyrna. They put on a great show. I, You know, it's as close to just inches away from the ground. They sit low. They they go fast. Big wide tires. It's it's pretty neat. So let's listen to Ron Silk. All right, we're going to wrap up our post race media availabilities here at Martinsville Speedway. After today's Virginia is for Racing Lovers 200 with the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. We are now joined by two time. Wheel and Modified Tour Champion Ron Silk, driver of the number 16 Blue Mountain Machine and future Holmes entry. Um, also bringing Tyler Haight a championship on the owner's side as well. 
Uh, Ron, what does it mean to hear two-time champion up there? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, a lot of effort goes into it. It's been a long season. Um, you know, kind of weird racing tonight. Like, knowing a scenario, you got to finish eighth or better if he wins. I kind of tried to keep myself in a decent position most of the night. Um, got turned around once down the backstretch, but luckily didn't hit anything. So uh, it feels great. A lot of work, like I said, a lot of work goes into this, a lot of effort, and uh, really rewarding to, uh, to get another one. Awesome. We're going to open up to questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We have a wireless microphone. We'll get to you. Go up here. Brandon White, NASCAR Roots. Uh, Ron, we talked about this earlier. Like this, is, like this is your first championship since 2011. You mentioned that's really indicative of how difficult it is to win championships in this series. So just how, how, did, how did everything just come together for you to just put together this magical run and get your second title? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you need to do is have fast cars and a good team behind you, which we which we had, oh, I had that all year. Um, and, and you need to have quite a bit of luck go your way. It doesn't take too many missteps to uh, to find yourself too far behind. So um, I would say those are the biggest things. you got to have a good car, good team, and, and things have to go your way. Thank you, Ron. Any additional questions for Ron? We're letting you off easy as champion's oh. gift. I like it. Thanks, right. guys. Congratulations. All right, Ron Silk winning his second championship in the Modifieds. Uh, pretty impressive, guys. So, uh, the Xfinity race, a lot on the line. Uh, if you did not catch the headlines and the title after it's over, Richard Childers was not happy, a happy, happy owner. Uh, you know, this is what team racing brings is competitiveness and the desire to win. Hey, look, Shelton Creed wants to win. He don't want to forfeit a win to let a teammate go. And Richard shouldn't expect a, a driver to give up points and a win. So, hey, Shelton... Look, Childers has won Dub Tim. He's going to JGR. Hey, Shelton, congratulations, man. I wish you'd have won. But, hey, Justin Algar was my pick. Uh, he's a seasoned professional in, in, in Xfinity, and that's the kind of way I figured it would play out. And that's the way it played out. So uh, we're going to listen to uh, Justin here. It's Justin's it's like a 23-minute, so. Enjoy. Step back and enjoy. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started here with our post NASCAR Xfinity Series race here with our winner, Justin Algar, driver of the number seven Chevrolet for JRM. Um, Justin, I don't really know where to start, but I don't start either. with those final few laps there. Um, you've been in this situation several times. You've been on the what would be considered maybe the good side of knowing you were going to advance to Phoenix on the side of leaving here, not advancing to Phoenix. Obviously, those last couple of laps were a little bit wild and crazy, but take us through from your vantage point of, of kind of staying in the game and then finally being able to cross that finish line in the lead. Listen, I, I, um, I hated this format when the red flag came out because uh, I was pretty sure we were out. There was no way. I didn't see a clear path to, uh, to making it in. And, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, this team, 
everybody at Junior Motorsports, Jim Pullman, um, Eddie DeHaunt, everybody that is a part of this this Hellman's uh, Camaro team. I can't even begin to describe tonight. Um, you know, the effort on the radio, the, those guys trying to keep me in the game. You know, me being frustrated, I, I think as good of a season as we've had and, and to be in the position that we've been in. I mean, Jim called a Hail Mary on a, on a pit strategy, and he said, look, bro, I know this isn't what you want to do, but he said, this is what we had to do. And when we started falling back, I'm like, man, you know, I don't know what to expect. But um, that last restart, I mean, heck, I thought I crashed myself on the front straightaway coming to the white. I didn't even realize John Hunter was outside of me the way that he was. And I about put myself in the wall. That's a good sound, by the way, right there, that clock dinging. Um, not sure that I'll agree with that at 3 o'clock in the morning. But, um, you know, just what an unbelievable night. And then, listen, Sheldon, Austin, John Hunter, Sammy Smith. I mean, Sammy Smith did an amazing job today and did all the right things. You know, it just the way the race played out at the end there, it, it was it was wild. Um, I locked my elbows off at turn four, and I thought, well, we're either going to win this thing or I'm probably going to end up upside down. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was hoping that maybe I knew Sheldon was going to stay in the gas. At, at the point of how he entered turn three, I knew he was going to be in the gas. So my only shot at that point was to maybe get turned across in front of him. And, and um, But what, a, what an incredible what an incredible evening. And um, my little girl, I got my phone out right now. My little girl is playing for a championship in softball. She got, her, she got a home run tonight. And uh, they're leading 19 to one. Um, I I feel like that's pretty good. They got to finish. They got two outs in in the bottom of the inning. But um, what a day for the Allgaier Clan. It's 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 truly been special. And and this is a team. This is a team win. Cause cause trust me, Justin Allgaier was not um, was not the guy that won the race tonight. The the guys behind me were the ones that won it. So really proud of the team effort that we put in. All right, we're gonna go to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll start here in the back in the Under Armour hat. Nathan Song with a podium finish. Justin, when you crossed the line there, did you think you had it right away, or did it kind of take a minute for you to realize that you had won the race? <laughs> I, I thought I had it, and then um, obviously there's carnage on the front straightaway, and, and I'm, I'm glad I came around. Um, I probably I, – I don't know. At that point, I didn't know what to expect, so I, I kind of weaved my way through there. But, you know, the first question was, is everybody all right, right? Um, you know, that was a heck of a hit for some, some folks on the front straightaway. And then they told me to stop, and they're like, hey, we don't know who won. So then, you you know, like that's twice now this year I've second-guessed whether we came across the line as the winner or not. And so they said, don't move. Um, not an ideal situation, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but, but when they finally gave me the all-clear and, and, and Dave Burns gave me the thumbs up and said we had actually won, what an incredible – what an incredible uh, just emotion that went through. Um, it, it truly was special, and you know you never know in the in the way that these races play out. And I mean, shoot, we still got to go through tech, right? Anything can and will happen. We're good. Hey, we won a race. All right. Um, you know, listen. This is twenty three. I think twenty two. Came with twenty three. I've never I've never left a win and. I sit back and I just, it's surreal. Um, it's surreal to be in the situation that we're in. It's surreal to have the, the team behind me that I do. Um, it's, it's, it's truly incredible. And I, I'm, I'm blessed to even be here doing this and proving that we still got a little bit of fight in this and, and we got a lot of momentum on our side. Excuse me, we had a great qualifying effort yesterday. We had a great practice and we executed tonight. And even when all the chips were, were on the table and you thought that 
thought that it wasn't your day. Uh, that 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 last card was the 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 card we needed, and and you know it just it's really special. And to your point in a minute ago, you're below the cut line for most of this race. So did you feel like you had a car capable capable of capable enough of not just transferring but but winning the race? Yes, um, especially early on, as the sun started to set, you know our balance kind of went away from us a little bit, and I and I was nervous. Um, you know, you, you never know what to expect. And, and listen, when the when you come down to the end of these races, and it's a green white checker, especially, you know, all bets are off. All the cards are out there. You, you don't know what to expect. Um, but but I'm proud of this team. I mean, Eddie DeHaan, Jim Pullman, they both were on me, lap after lap. You know, Eddie kept saying, "This is war. You got to go after it. You got to you got you know you got to be more aggressive," because he knows that I'm not. Like that's just not my my trait, right? I'm not gonna drive through the bumper of somebody to to try to win a race. Um, uh, tonight, honestly, was really odd. I mean, the seeds just parted, and it worked out. But um, when I walked out of here tonight, whether we made it or we didn't, I knew that I, I gave 100%. And I, and I was comfortable with who I was as a person and how I raced when I walked out of here. And that's all I can ask for. All right, we're going to go to Davey Siegel in the back. Davey Siegel with SiriusXM. Justin, was that probably the craziest, most chaotic race that you think you've ever been a part of? Yeah. There's not a lot of other ones that come to mind, I'll be honest with you. Um, there's been a lot of crazy finishes, especially a lot of crazy finishes here. And uh, when I look at at Martinsville, I, I, I'm a little disappointed that it comes down to a crash, right? Um, because this racetrack is such a cool place, and the racing tonight was, I mean, gloves were off. Everybody was going for broke. You know, the the rubber being down, the temperature. I cannot overstate enough how much fun tonight was, even when it wasn't going the way you wanted it to go with the rubber being laid down and the, the, the lack of grip. I mean, we were all sliding around all night long. At the break, I, Heck, I think I burned the brakes off of it about halfway through. I had to start moving my brake levers and, and trying to just figure out how to finish the race. And, and you know, what a what a way to finish a race. So, you know, you're definitely chaotic. Listen, they, they work in your favor sometimes, and sometimes they don't. I, I was so frustrated at the restarts tonight because if I took the top, the top jammed up. If I took the bottom, the bottom jammed up. It just never seemed like I could make the right choice. And, um, again, Eddie and... and and, and Jim both were on me. Like we got to keep fighting. We got to keep going. And, and it worked out in our favor. And we got a shot at a championship at a racetrack that we're phenomenal at. I'm excited about next week. It got a lot busier. Let me be honest with you. Uh, this week, I'm sorry, Campbell. I'm sorry, but this week got a lot busier. But uh, you know, it's it's worth it, and it's going to be a blast. To your point, uh, Jim and Eddie on the radio were egging you on a little bit to not be afraid to use the bumper, be aggressive if you had to maybe a little bit more aggressive than you're used to and you're accustomed to being. How comfortable were you in a situation like that, kind of, quote-unquote, doing what you had to do to make it? I wasn't, but they know that, and and that's their way of firing me up and getting me going. Um, listen, you know, I had a great relationship with Jason Burdett for a lot of years, and he was the exact same as Jim has been this year and firing me up and, and getting me going. Eddie DeHaunt has been a, a main staple in, in my career for the last number of years, he knows when he knows when I'm down. He knows when I'm up. He knows when he's got to rein me in, and he's he knows when he's got to push me. And tonight, he knew when to push. Um, 
listen, you know, these guys don't get enough credit. I, listen, I, I get to be the guy that holds the steering wheel, but these guys don't get enough credit for, for what it takes to, to come here and to be successful and to win these races. And um, it feels great, man. There, there is not a cooler feeling than standing on, on, on that stage in victory lane and, and having everybody around you that you know is, is part of your success. It means a lot. All right, we're going to come up front to Bob. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports F2. The first is, can you describe this win in one word? And if so, what is it? <laughs> one word? Relieving. Um, I know that sounds kind of weird, but I've wanted to win at this place a long time. There's so much pressure and stress on this race, This race, right? Spring race is great because there's no pressure. There's no stress. Like, you just go for a win. Fall race, there's a lot, you know, and, and uh, I envied Sam Mayer all week for coming in here and being locked in. Like, I envied that, um, but but relieving, knowing that we got two Junior Motorsports Camaros going for a shot at a championship next week. I can't even begin to describe what this what this men means. Um, as you can imagine, Austin Hill wasn't too happy with Sheldon. I'm curious from what you saw, did you see anything that was incredibly – you know, egregious when you're trying to make it to the final four, championship four. Listen, I have a lot of respect for both of those guys, obviously both Chevrolet teammates. Um, they both put their, their – their, they both they both were driving for everything they had. I mean, I, I saw Austin push um, John Hunter up at one point. Sheldon got me at one point. You know, but I, but I think that shows you what an opportunity for a championship means next week. Right, those guys. Those guys are two of the most respectful race car drivers on the racetrack, and to go to blows like that, as even as teammates, it it, it just shows you how important these these moments are. Um, you know, Sheldon's obviously not coming back to to RCR next year, but but he's going to be equally as tough next year wherever he ends up. Austin's going to Austin's going to be great next week at, at at Phoenix. He's liable to win the race, right? So, you know, I hoped it would happen. You secretly, you're like, man, if these two run into each other, this is going to be great. But they're probably not going to. And then they did. And then, like, I had this moment of, like, what do I do, right? Because if they crash and I run right into them, I'm going to look like an idiot, right? But then they kind of moved up the racetrack, and I'm like, I'm going to force it in there. And then Sheldon just hung a left, and he was like, I'm going to try to keep it, you know? And uh, I'm like, man, I... I don't know if this is going to work out, but I'm just going to hold my hand straight and, and, and keep the throttle down. And obviously, <laughs> it could have gone either way. I mean, you look at the you look at the photo finish of the at Victory Lane. I mean, it could have gone either way. But um, you know, I, I don't think either one of them two will will walk out of here not knowing that they didn't give it their all. No different than I am. And and you know, the the highest of highs and the lowest of lows is what the sport's really really all about. All right, we're going to go to Matt Weaver, and then I believe I had a question here in the middle. Go ahead, Matt. Matt Weaver, Sports Not. You, you said you can't remember a crazier win or a celebration you've been a part of. ARCA Toledo 08, is that <laughs> kind of similar? I actually, it's funny. So uh, Jim Pullman's wife, Jackie, oh, we, we stopped on the way coming in here, and um, she thought, she said she thought, she had this like, man, this could work out like Toledo did for the ARCA championship. She's like, but it'll never happen. She's like, sure enough, same kind of thing happened. Um, What's really funny now is you know, I have a great relationship with Scott Speed and Ricky Stenhouse both. I train with Scott Speed and Josh Wise every day when we're at home. Um, you know they, they, they've, they've done a great job of preparing me.
for for these moments, and it's so ironic that 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 has kind of bled over into so many points in my career. Um, you know that that championship, those guys have no idea the defining moment it was for me as a person and what it was for my mom and dad as a, as a owners of a race team. I mean, my mom and dad are here tonight, sitting back towards the back back there, and I can I can tell you that there's nothing cooler than having them be a part of this. My wife was here. She literally. Uh, my wife or my daughter won the softball tournament. By the way, they they were the champions, but she left there because she knew how monumental tonight was, and um, she drove over here to to be with me. And and I just that moment was a defining moment in my career. Tonight, whether people realize it or not, this is a defining race for me. Like every one of these victories has meant something different, and. Um, I'll cherish every one of them. And then you've kind of been on both sides of the current playoff format, disappointment, celebration, and you might be too close to it now to really be able to, to separate it, but is there a part of you that recognizes when you're standing in turn one, celebrating with the, the crowd and the fans, how important or special it is for the fans and generating interest and excitement for years to come? So I'm going to try to pull up this picture right here. If I can get it, I set this photo as my lock screen last year after Phoenix. Um, I probably should have favorited it so that it would have been a little easier to find it. But um, I set this photo of Dale Jr. and I standing in Phoenix. Uh, he gave me a big hug, and I'm pretty sure I was bawling my eyes out. Right? Not because, not because of anything other than. I don't know if y'all can see this or not. This picture is Dale Jr. Um, hugging me around the neck, right? And I set that photo, that picture as my lock screen because I knew when we left Phoenix that I didn't have anything left. I mean, I I did everything I knew how to do, and it didn't it didn't equate into a championship. And I've been here, and I've had these moments of like, you you don't have that opportunity to go on. To, to Phoenix, I've been at Phoenix and I've had defeat. Um, I've had a lot more defeat than, than than joy in this playoff format for sure. But I, I, there is not a moment as a racer that it doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't give you a reason to keep coming back to the racetrack. I mean, listen, if we won every week, if everything in life was easy, it'd be really hard to get excited about doing anything. And I think that that's what makes this format so difficult, but also so exhilarating and fruitful whenever you do win is because like tonight i'm walking out of here 10 feet tall and bulletproof i might still be 5'5 five five, but I'm, I'm walking out of here a little taller than i was right but but sammy austin sheldon they're walking out of here defeated right but i can promise you that when the off season starts that's their motivation now i have to find what what motivates me to do the next one and and i think that that's really what it what it comes down to how do you how you motivate yourself and and you can let it eat you inside or you can let it be the the fuel that you need to to go to the next one and for me this momentum is fuel but the defeat would have equally been as much fuel to to be better next year all right we had a quick there you go Trey Lyle, FrenchStretch.com. First question for you, Justin. Is the YooHoo thing with you and Josh Williams, like, did you, were you expecting that? Are you a big YooHoo fan? Is that just Listen, the drink um, he had? I don't, I don't know if you guys know Josh Williams the way I know Josh Williams, right? Um, truly one of the most awesome people in this garage area. And he, when I've had really good days, like tonight, 
he's out there with a Yuhu, right? And I don't know I don't know where the Yuhu thing came from. He brought me one at Bristol. He's he's I think Daytona he he cracked a Yuhu with me, right? Like those are special moments. But on the flip side of it, the guy has in my darkest moments of the races, he's been the same guy that's texted me or saw me at the racetrack and put his arm around me or you could, listen, we're not like we we didn't grow up as friends. We didn't we didn't we battle each other on the racetrack week in, week out. And for a guy to be that guy, you can't ask for better people than that. And uh, he's truly somebody that I'm I'm really proud of, uh, a good friend, somebody that I'm proud to call a friend. And 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 I hope you know for his sake, I hope he he gets the opportunity someday to really show how good of a race car driver he is too. Because I know I know he's truly an incredible race car driver as well, and doesn't always necessarily. I mean, not that he's in bad equipment, but just doesn't necessarily always have the opportunity to show it like like we all know him as. And and um, I hope someday he gets that really good opportunity. And obviously, this was your 23rd win in the Xfinity Series. If you obviously win the championship by winning the race next week, you would tie Dale Jr. for career wins in the Xfinity Series. So if you get both those done next week, what would what would that mean for, for you and then, like, the relationship you have with him? Listen, Dale Jr. is Dale Jr. Um, I mean, the guy is truly incredible. He's an icon of our sport, and... and to even be in the same conversation is wild to me. I mean, I remember as you know, growing up racing and watching, you know, back then Bush races on TV and and seeing Dale Jr. win races, right? The Ace Delco car and being successful. And I remember watching, you know, him win Cup races. And um, you know, I was a Dale Senior fan, so you know, obviously, I became a Dale Jr. fan to see. To see the success that Dale's had is actually pales in comparison to just the person that he is. And the, the reason why people love Dale is because not because of his, his success on the racetrack. It's because of who Dale is as a person and, and down to earth and just being a great guy. And I think for me that's where I'm, I'm, I'm blown away that I'm even close. Um, even if I were to win and, and win the championship and be tied with him, it still pales, pales in comparison. But, man, it would be cool. And um, – you just seen him on on in victory lane tonight. You know he's genuinely happy that this company is succeeding, and he he. Listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I loved winning Bristol, but I would have equally have been as happy to run second to Dale Jr. And I thought I was going to for a while, but I think when you when you're around Dale and you you see his invigoration or his passion for the sport, it invigorates you to be better. And um, to even be in that category is is pretty wild and pretty special. All right, we'll take our final question up front here with Lee. To kind of follow up on that, Lee Spencer from Catch Fence, um, he came in here and he knows that your opportunities are limited to win a championship, and he's been down that path, right? I mean, you know, he had some pretty sporty teammates back in his day, too, and, you know, the cup title eluded him, but he, he gets it. You know, he knows that... Um, you know, this might be one of those chances. And he, he talked about taking off work next week just so he can, you know, be there to support his drivers. And, I mean, does it get any better than that to know that your owner is, like, all in and, and wants this probably as bad for you as you want it yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think that that just shows why he is Dale Jr. and the icon of the sport. I mean – 
when it's all said and done, when the, if if the race team were to close tomorrow, he's still going to be Dale Jr. He's still going to be successful. He's still going to be that guy. What is what is wild to me is is that he wants it as bad as we do. He wants it as bad for us as we do. He's, I mean, last year, like I said, that picture that picture still haunts me to be honest with you, because. I equally as much wanted it for him and for every man and woman that works at Junior Motorsports. You, I watched guys from other teams in our shop this week that have races to win, that have all the you know things going for them. They were down working on the seven car to try to help make sure that we we got our car together to make sure that we had a best shot that we could at coming to Martinsville and win. This race team embodies Dale's spirit and. He feeds off of that as much as we feed off of him. And, and um, listen, there would be nothing better that I can imagine is to, to bring a, a championship home for him and Kelly, right? They, and, and LW. I mean, they, Joe Mattis, I mean, Joe's final year at Junior Bowl Sports. I mean, just oh, there's so many things that would, would make this year great. i got to beat my teammate. And Sam is going to be fantastic next week at Phoenix. No question. Um, i got to beat two other drivers that are going to be fantastic next week at Phoenix. You know, all that. All that being said, it, <laughs> there's a good reason why we all won it that bad, and it's it starts from the top and it it works its way all the way to the bottom. And uh, really, you know, again, I don't know how many opportunities I'm going to have. I'm 37 years old. I'm I I I don't know how who the next one youngest is close to me, but it's probably got to be early 30s. Um, Josh might even be the oldest next one. I think he's like 32, right? So it's pretty uh pretty wild so you know i don't know how many more i'll have i've had great partners you know hellman's here brant I me mean, rick brant climbed the fence with me at bristol and you know, to see that emotion out of somebody that's a that's a partner on a race car you know there's there's no words for it and um you never know when it's the last race i can walk out of here tonight and, and never race again i cherish every one of them um plain and simple all right justin congratulations again Enjoy this week. We look forward to seeing you on Thursday in Phoenix, speaking of that busier week that you have. Um, and best of luck next week in Phoenix as well. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands, and listening to the silence of pit road that I realize I'm at the wrong track. All right, Justin Allgaier, man. Uh, Justin, you know, he's happy in Xfinity, and don't blame me. He gets to drive a little high rod every weekend under Dale Jr.'s banner. Hang out with Dale Jr. and what an ambassador for NASCAR Jr. It's it's amazing how much he puts into this sport now that he's not driving a car, and to see him get in a car and have fun. You know, one of the biggest quotes uh, from him was he just didn't see how a kid so young with no experience, 15 minutes of practice, less than 30 minutes of practice, and go out and try to qualify and race a car. You know. He, he he finds that probably one of the biggest challenges that Xfinity, the young drivers have, 
So uh, we're going to go on with uh, Martin Truex winning the pole. Okay, everyone, we are now joined by the pole winner for tomorrow's NASCAR Cup Series race here at Martinsville Speedway, Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. We'll go ahead and open it up for questions. Um, if you have a question, just raise your hand. We'll get you a wireless mic. We'll start up front with Lee. Lee Spencer, CatchFence.com. What the hell kind of emotional roller coaster do you feel like you're on from last week? <laughs> you know, the sh- I don't know, the penthouse to the outhouse. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Just uh, kind of par for the course here lately. So um, just try to be keep your head on straight and um, just go out and do your job. And that's, you know, kind of what I came in here thinking about doing. And today went the way we hoped it would. So, uh, you know, proud of my guys for bringing a, a fast auto owner's Camry. And um, first pit stall is a huge deal here. So um, hopefully we can use that to our advantage tomorrow. I'll go over here to Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, does it, it, you experience this, the joy, you're starting first and everything, all the good things, is it part of your back of your brain too? You're kind of like, okay, now the other shoe's going to drop and something else, what's next for us? No, not really. I mean, I think um, I feel good about, uh, you know, how today went. I, I think we need to work on a car a little bit more for tomorrow. Obviously, it wasn't quite, not obviously, but I didn't feel like it was quite what we needed for the long run. So we got a direction there. And, um, you know, I think today was a practice was a really good indicator, which, Sometimes we come here and it's cold and, not, you know, not a lot of rubber goes down and things change a lot for the race. And I thought today was a good indicator and we learned a lot. So um, know what we need to do and just, you know, got to go do it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm ready to go. Now this really opens up the possibility for getting good stage points, especially in stage one. Is that is that in the back of your mind now? Maybe, hey, we don't necessarily need to win the race or you just still you're still in kind of that mindset? Um, I, I think I think. Um, 17th a long ways out so I mean maybe if we could win both stages it might change things around I don't know but um yeah we'll just wait and see I I mean I don't think stage points are really on our radar right now but you know we'll certainly take them if we can get them we'll come here to Reed and then over to Bob Uh, Reed Spencer with NASCAR Wire um where do you think you picked up that eight eight thousandths of a second to beat Ty out um just made a little adjustment to our car and then um you know, the first round, I wasn't real sure exactly how hard to go, how hard to push it, um, or what the balance was going to be like. You know, last time we ran here, the tires were different. A lot was different. And, um, you know, our car was pretty free in practice. So I was a little concerned about that. But the guys made good adjustments, and the car was really close. And then yeah, I think the round round two, we just made a small adjustment and made the car more comfortable, gave me a little bit more confidence on throttle, and that's where the time was. Go over to Bob. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. I had a couple. The first, you were 13th on the practice sheet, and so you talk about the adjustments, but so was it a huge leap from practice to qualifying? I thought we were first in our group practice. Okay. So you were in the second group, so everybody in the second group, I guess, was after the first group. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were in group two in practice, and then we were fastest. So the track slowed down a little bit, I think, for group two, but overall, um, yeah, overall, it just, make the you know put our qualifying setup in and hope to hit the balance right and they did that that's you know typically what we try to do it's it's always tough you know back in the day we used to make a qualifying run in practice and you know just now you kind of guess and um they guessed really well today and they changed the tire for this race more thicker tread could you tell any difference from what you remember um 
it's so hard to tell because of the conditions. You know, there was definitely a ton of rubber down today, which I think is great. That's going to, you know, help us race well tomorrow and be able to move around, and make some passes. I thought the bottom bottom groove where it really rubbered in got slick, which is typically what happens here when the races are really good. Um, so I think that's a, a good sign. Um, as far as how different it is, it's so hard to know. You know, what, a lot was different today other than just the tires. We'll go over here to Bruce. Bruce Meyer with Speed Sport. When you go back and look at, uh, you know, how the playoffs have gone for you, I mean, it was a little touchy there at Bristol whether you were going to get in or not. So in a lot of ways, if you make it into the championship four, do you think it's going to be like living on the edge for you? Oh, well, we've been living on the edge, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we barely made it through the first two rounds. So, uh, yeah, it's been tough for sure. But, yeah, tomorrow's a new day and a uh, new opportunity. And, um, you know, we're in a position where we, I think, can go win the race and, and see what happens. But uh, I don't know. Try not to overthink it. I just go race and see what happens. That's what we're going to do tomorrow. Any additional questions for Martin? All right, that's a I'm just curious, how much confidence do you have having won so many times here and even back-to-back -back races, or is it this car has, is so much different to drive? There's, you know, even everything that you've learned, what's in your head, isn't, you know, how much of that is going to transfer to this race or the past three with the next-gen car? Yeah, I mean, I think I, we kind of like we kind of got to a point there where with the old car we were pretty confident. We had some things that really worked for me, um, and, and we used them for – a long time and just did a lot of fine tuning, a lot of tweaking here and there. Um, you know, then, but certainly learning how to race and learning how to win here, you learn a lot about the track and what it takes. Um, and then they switched the car and it's been, it's been challenge, you know, for us last year, we really struggled here. And then in the spring we were kind of hit and miss throughout the weekend and we ended up running third at the end. So, um, we're still, I feel like learning things about this car for sure. How to, what do I need here? How do we, you know, what are the things that kind of, turn that switch for me at this racetrack and do make the car do the things that I want it to. And um, I, I don't know that we're quite there yet for sure, but uh, hopefully tonight we can make some good adjustments and and um, be in the mix all day tomorrow. And then at the end when it counts is where you, you really need to be up front and be dialed in. So we'll see if we can make that happen. Any further questions? All right. Thank you, Martin. And good Thanks. luck tomorrow. All right. We're Got the winner from yesterday, Ryan Blaney. Okay. Uh, we will start with our uh, post-race press, press conference with the winning team. This is Team Pesky, uh, number 12 Ford, and we are joined by uh, the crew chief of the number 12, Jonathan Hasler, and uh, Team Penske vice uh, chairman, uh, Walter Naki. Um, gentlemen, how would you start us off? Your feelings right now? Locking into the championship four and battling for a championship next weekend in Phoenix. Uh, yeah, it's um, you know it's it's incredibly exciting. Um, you know to, the way we did it, I think, is is a huge testament to the team. Um, you know, a team like we we're obviously going to get in on points, but to, to obviously go and get the win is is uh, super exciting for us. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a great testimony, I think, to Jonathan Ryan, of course, the way the car was prepared. Uh, they knew what they had to do. But I, I see that we've been building on the momentum of the last three or four weeks where we, our performance has really been good. Prior to even Talladega, we saw a positive performance with the car. Winning at Talladega certainly helped, and then coming into these last three races, good runs uh, at the other two places put us in this position. But to come here and win is 
unbelievable. So congratulations to all of them. And, and that discount tire Menards Ford Mustang gets great fuel mileage too. So that's a positive. Excellent. Okay, we'll open up to questions. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll get your mic. Start here with uh, Jeff and then go to John. Hey, Jonathan, what have, what have you seen from Ryan as far as his mentality? Um, you know, this is a breakthrough moment for him after getting close and um, to, to hang in there and then, you know, run well at this time of year. What, what does that say about him? I, I think everything for him, the, the, the next big step, if you will, in his career kind of started at Phoenix last year when, when Joe was able to win. I mean, if you look back to that race, um, you know, we were uh, in a good position to win. We had all the speed that we needed. Um, and, and kind of rewind a couple of weeks, we had mistakes at Vegas and Homestead that, that took us out of the championship four. And, you know, he realized that um, obviously you take those mistakes out and he's a champion. So got to got to clean up the mistakes. And he went to, to work, um, you know, in the off season, um, you know, just, just trying to make sure that he was as mentally focused and could mentally do uh, last through the race. Um, and he's done a great job. He's uh, leaps and bounds, tons of progress this year. Go to John. John Newby, NBC Sports. So kind of following up on that, Jonathan, you told me on Thursday that instead of, you know, spurts of anger, you want Ryan to be kind of a consistent level of fire. And apart from a few instances early in this race, you know, it seemed like he achieved that. So I was just curious to know what was your level of satisfaction with that progress? Well, I, I think he did an uh, incredible job, like you said, kind of managing the situation. Um, you know, it's, it's really difficult coming to this race. Um, in our shoes, uh, you know, not a must-win scenario. Um, by points, we're, we're able to kind of get ourselves in, and the 24 really struggled all day. So um, we were able to kind of put ourselves in a really good points position, and he kind of, you know, managed that and understood the big picture all day long. And, um, yeah, like I said, he's made tons of progress, and I'm super proud of him. Go here in the center. <clears throat> Just raise your hand. Uh, Trey Lyle, FrenchStretch.com. Uh, how, how close was he actually on fuel? I know you said at one point you needed to save with, like, he was 10 laps short. Well, clearly that didn't happen. But, like, how close was he on fuel at the end? Yeah, we were uh, we were in a good position on fuel. Um, I think it was the guys that kind of pitted that cycle before um, that, that were short. Um, so maybe that was kind of miscommunicated. But, um, no, we were in a good position. I think we could have maybe ran one green-white checkered. Um, I was certainly hoping we didn't get a caution. I'm happy we didn't. Any more questions for Jonathan or Walt? Anything from the press box? We'll come back here to Deb. Deb Williams, Auto Week. And this is for either you, Jonathan, or Walt. When you look at Blaney's record for this year and you see how, you know, when I mean, let's face it, when the, the playoffs started, there were a lot of people that didn't look at Ryan as making it to the championship four. How did he change, or what did you see him, his change, or the team, or Ford's front-end situation change that has brought us to this point? Yeah, Deb, that's a great question because, uh, of course, early uh, Ryan had early success winning the 600 and then got into a little bit of a bumpy patch. But where I personally saw the change in the momentum was at Texas, where it was a top-five car, potentially a, w a race-winning car. I think we were running third at the time, and then we had a self-inflicted speeding penalty that set him back. But he rebounded from that and came back, and we saw the performance of the car, the performance of the crew. By the way, the crew was outstanding today. I told Jonathan earlier it was, it was perfect. But that was the real turning point for me was, was Texas. We knew we had a good, good race team winning the 600, of course, 
But then in Texas, we've been on an upward, he has been on an upward trajectory ever since. John, anything, anything to add to that one? No, I, I totally agree with Walt. Um, and, and, you know, we were, obviously we came out of the gate this year and, and uh, we didn't have quite the speed that we had last year and we knew we had to go to work. Uh, we were able to get the win at the 600. Uh, and from there, honestly, you know, we could uh, experiment a little bit and try some different things through the year and figure out some things that worked and what didn't. And obviously when the playoffs come around, you, you stick to the things that you, you figured out worked. And um, we've, we've gotten a lot of momentum on this 12 car. I think to Jonathan's point, Jonathan, I may underscore something, that, that our mile-and-a-half program has been struggling for the first half, the first two-thirds of the year. But Jonathan and Travis and Michael and the whole team there, have been working together with the drivers, and I think we saw a real turnaround, I think beginning at Kansas probably, with our performance, and then that carried to Texas where we had that great finish, and it's obviously carried to this point. So it's been a complete team effort supporting Ryan to get to this point. Mm -hmm. Any final questions? Anything from the press box? Okay, well, Jonathan, congratulations, and uh, we'll see you in uh, Phoenix for the Championship Four. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we're going to continue to roll with our post-race press conferences here for today's Xfinity 500 at Martinsville Speedway. We've now been joined by our race winner, Ryan Blaney, who punched his ticket into the championship four, uh, moving on to Phoenix next week. Ryan, congratulations on the win today. Congratulations on advancing into the championship four. Before we go to questions, um, take us through those uh, last couple laps from, from, you know, the vantage point of your of your seat in the race car, but um, also just take us through this week and kind of getting to this point and, and knowing how important this race was to you and your team. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole week was, uh, you know, pretty standard practice, to be honest with you. Um, kind of riding momentum from Vegas and, and Homestead and, and knowing we run pretty decent here, so just hoping to build off things we know um, and things we've learned throughout the year so um just proud of the effort uh amazing car all weekend was able to work on it and even get it better and better and uh i mean yeah the last handful of laps you're just hoping for no yellow right i mean you know you're 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 through uh to the next round and then you hope no late yellow to where it can really become a uh a bad deal so um just want everything to end but just proud of the effort uh amazing uh amazing couple days and hopefully uh Hopefully another amazing couple of days next week. All right. We're now going to go to questions for Ryan. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic to you, and we'll start up front with Jeff Gluck. Ryan, how much of a different driver are you now compared to last year? Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think, you know, last year you know, I talked about making a couple mistakes in this round, you know, at Vegas and – in Miami, it took us out. You know, I mean, it, it kept us from getting to Phoenix. And uh, you know, you just all you can do is you try to learn from those, right? Try to be a smarter race car driver. Or try to understand the bigger picture. Um, that's like the biggest thing. So, that's, at least that's the biggest thing I took away from it, right? Okay, everyone makes mistakes, but do you actually learn from your mistakes or do you keep screwing up? And uh, we learned from them, and uh, we've we've been able to to have a really really good nine weeks so far in the playoffs proud of everyone's effort on our group um but yeah I, I feel like you just try to learn from your mistakes think of a bigger picture try to become a better race car driver right you're always getting better like it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are you're always trying to get better and um always trying to evolve your skill set and try to pick things that 
you don't do well to try to do better. And um, we had a lot of talks this off season, you know, Jonathan and I, you know, kind of me internally with myself, it's like, okay, what, what are some things you don't like about how you approach the weekends? And let's work on them. Let's try to figure it out and, uh, and make them better. And I think we've done that and it's, uh, it's definitely showing. All right. We'll go to Lee right here. Lee Spencer, catchfence.com. Can you just talk about making the championship four for the first time? I mean, it's what everybody works to achieve, that and a title. I mean, Chris Gabehart said making the championship four under this format is the same as winning a title because it's just so damn hard to get there. Can you just talk about this accomplishment during this period in your career? Yeah, it's definitely hard to do it, um, for sure. And, uh, you know, kind of and even coming in like we did uh, – to the playoffs, like not having a lot of playoff points and stuff like that, and then and just outperforming people, right? I mean, just just doing a good job and um, executing really well, and um, that's all you can ask for. So, yeah, I mean, all, all you want is a shot at a championship, and you get your shot when the playoffs start if you make them. Okay, you have a shot, but then your real shot is you know you get the Phoenix, right? So, um, yeah, it's just nice to to have an opportunity to actually race for a championship. Um, so. Yeah, hopefully we can maximize the weekend. We'll just see. I'm excited for it. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun. Talk. All right. Our next question will go to Shane in the middle there. Not Shane. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's in the middle there. Shane, raise your hand. Shane Connick, Charlotte Observer. Uh, Ryan, congratulations on this win. When was it today when you kind of felt like you had, you knew that you were going to cross the line and get the checkered flag? When was that moment where you could tell that you had it? About lap 499. <laughs> I figured we had a good shot at it. Um, I mean, you never know. I mean, the last 20 laps, everything, all that goes through your head is there's going to be yellow, there's going to be yellow. It's going to screw up the whole race. Um People are going to stay out. People are going to take no tires. There's going to be four cautions to end this thing. Hopefully, you don't get moved and spun and wreck and ruin your year. You know, so that's that's like the only thing that's going through your head, right? So, um, just get to the white was like the only thing you know that that really concerned me at the time. And uh, you know, running down the ten, I wasn't really running harder. You know, I think everyone just kind of fell off pretty good, and I saved my stuff early to where I could get through traffic pretty good, and um, it benefited us later in the run. So, yeah, just not till the white flag. You never know. You just stay focused, and, and it's, once you get to the white flag, you're usually pretty good. So. And what was your immediate reaction as you realized that you did, in fact, win it once you realized all 500 laps were done? Yeah, you know, a lot of different, you know, things to be proud of. You know, obviously getting to the Phoenix – um, winning here, uh, I've always wanted to win here, and I feel like we've we've lost a couple of them, two or three of them here. And uh, you know, I grew up in High Point, just south of here. I grew up closer to here than I did Charlotte, and uh, so I came here a lot as a kid. And I loved watching Dad race here. I loved, I wanted a grandfather clock for a long time, ever since I was a kid. And uh, so it's just like those little special things, right? You, you remember, and then driving for the Wood Brothers from Stewart, you know, just right down the road from here. Just I was just like, this place has just been so special to me and it's just victory lane has eluded me for years and years and i feel like we could have won two or three of them it just never happened and um feel like something always happened but you know everything fell into place today and our car was fast and we were able to to pull it off so um yeah a lot of joy and a lot of things to be proud of all right we'll come back up front to mark here please where we were before (laughs) thanks mark 
did not want to jump the line. Uh, Mark Garrell, PRN, uh, congratulations, first Ryan, on getting there to Phoenix the first time. Thank Pretty you. cool. Um, how does it feel as a driver to come through in this kind of situation where it's pressure, it's no tomorrow, that kind of thing? How does it feel personally to, to have succeeded under these circumstances? Um, yeah, was, um, you know, there is a lot of pressure in these situations. You know, I mean, I feel like if someone tells you, oh, I don't feel pressure, they're lying to you because this is your season. I mean, this is what you race for. There's a lot of men and women counting on your performance at the racetrack, um, you know, that work in the shops, that are on the team. Um, so there is a lot of pressure. I think it's how you handle that pressure is important, right? Okay, how do you approach it? How do you accept it and go to work and not let it get to you? I think our group's done that very well of no matter what our situation is, you've just done your job and done it to the best of your ability. And, and this group's job, when it's done to the best of their ability, can be winners and champions. And um, so hopefully we can continue to you know bring that mindset to the racetrack here for next week. And uh, so, yeah, just everyone is uh, <laughs> working super hard. Couldn't be prouder of the 12 boys. They're awesome. And uh, it's cool to drive a, a fast race car. Not to add any pressure, but all you have to do now is go back-to-back -to, -back to win the championship. That's that's all. And people go back-to-back -back all the time, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right, we're going to go to Seth, and then we're going to make our way back up front. Go ahead, Seth. Seth Egger, KickingTires.net. Uh, Ryan, over the past three weeks, you've kind of found Jimmy Johnson's lucky horseshoe, so to speak. But aside from your luck, your performance has been strong. What has been the turning point for your team? What's been lucky about it? I don't think anything has been lucky about it. The last three weeks, we've been running amazing. I mean, we've uh, run up towards the front in Vegas. Led laps at Homestead, had a good shot to win, and we won today. I don't think there's any luck that it goes into this. Um, yeah, there may be lucky moments, but I don't think a horseshoe uh, is uh, really true at all. Uh, we've worked really hard to get to the, the point that we need to with speed and and our group's executed very good races, and uh, they deserve to be here. So, uh, I mean, yeah, luck, you know, you can interpret luck how you want, but the performance side, you still have to bring fast race cars. Race cars keep putting up to win, and we've done that. So uh, I think that is the biggest thing apart, or you know, about our success is everyone's done a good job of figuring out how to get better and where to be better and then applying it and having fast cars. So, um, yeah. All right, we'll come up front to Dustin and then Jordan. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Ryan, you've accomplished a lot of great things in your career. Uh, I'm curious in the sense of the time it took to get to this point. And I just wonder how does an athlete not I don't want to say failure because, like I said, you've done a lot of things, but not to reach the, the mountain or it's taken this amount of time. One, maybe you've seen others go at a, a different rate. How do, how do you not let that happen, how, or how does that push you, or how do you handle that? Because, obviously, I, look, you still got a lot of great years, and you've done a lot of great things, and maybe this is the start of seven in a row, but the, the, the path to get here and, and how you didn't let it defeat you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, there's been some bumps in the road for sure, um, maybe not being – as like you know dominant as you want to be right or as some of some of the other guys that you know around your age kind of came in at the same time right you want to be the best of that crop right um and and you know i we haven't right we haven't had the successes 
you know, as like a Larson, a Chase, you know, those people. Um, but I try not to let that get to me, right? I kind of try to let it, I mean, yeah, Chase and I are great friends, you know, and it kind of motivates me like, man, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy winning a championship, you know, all these races. I want to be that guy, right? So I think it motivates me more than anything. And you're happy for your buddy, right? Uh, but, like, it does motivate you to try to be a better driver, to try to be a, a better, uh, you know, driver on and off the racetrack and, and be better at what you do. So um, I don't tr- I, I don't really let it get to me. I think it motivates me more than anything uh, just to try to work on the things that you think you can do better. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that's helped me out this year is, like, you're picking your – it's hard to do. You're picking out your flaws. Like, you suck at this and this and this, and let's change things up to make it better, you know? <laughs> Sometimes that's hard to kind of admit, you know, if like you don't want to ever admit your flaws, but I think it's helpful for growth. Um, so I think that's that's been something good that uh, uh, that's kind of helped me out for this year. Hopefully that answers your question. I'm curious, is just is there a way to describe what it has been like? I know there's still another step to take in this mountain, but to climb this mountain, to, do you feel like it's like breaking the glass ceiling in a sense of, of getting over doing this and what this journey has been like to get to this point was well, yeah it's definitely nice to get to phoenix right i mean that's something that's i think this is my fifth round of eight and we haven't been there yet or my i had four before this i didn't get to final four so it's nice to like accomplish that okay and now you have a chance to race for a championship so you know hopefully you just do your best next week so yeah it's always nice to kind of take the next step in your career and i think this is a good next step for our group and, and me personally so hopefully we can make the most of it all right, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan Bianca, the athletic. Um, it may, from looking outward, it looked like there was a little bit of, uh, I won't say edge to your driving tonight, but there were some moments you, you weren't afraid to really put the bumper to some people, right? And when you were racing Denny there, that stretch, you guys were kind of going at it. You didn't back down. Is, was there a little bit more, I don't want to say aggressiveness in your in your mindset tonight, but was there more of a, I'm not going to back down because the situation's too big? Um, yeah, I think yeah, you definitely don't want to back down, you know, because the situation is large. Um, yeah, Diddy and I raced the heck out of each other there for a little bit on the restart. I mean, it was good racing, crossing each other and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, we raced each other fine, but yeah, I laid them up to some guys early. Um, trying to get up from where we started. And that's, that's kind of what you have to do here, honestly. Like, it's hard to pass anybody here cleanly. Maybe, like, 100 laps into the run you can pass. But, no, we went in a mindset of we're going to be aggressive tonight, you know, and that's what me and Jonathan talked about, me and my dad talked about. We're going to be aggressive and, you know, you have to be assertive, you know, and that's how you establish yourself. So that was kind of our game plan. Um, you know, and, yeah, I put the, put the bumper to – uh, a few guys there in the first stage. I laid off of it later in the race when he finally got your track position. But yeah, you have to you have to do it because I mean they would do it to you. So. And you mentioned no caution. We we were just thinking. You know how these races go here. This race. I mean, we were thinking that there's going to be a caution, and then there's going to be another caution, and then another caution. We just kind of waiting for that the, the other shoe to drop. So to speak. yes, yes. I mean, the last 40 laps. I'm like, all right. When is there going to be another caution? No way this thing's going to run 130 whatever laps green. It's going to be a caution. It's going to be a split bag on pitting. And then if we have a caution with 30 to go, there's going to be five more cautions like the end of the Xfinity race last night. And you never know what's going to happen, right? You can get dumped and spun. We've done all the right things tonight 
and one caution could ruin it because you just you get jumbled and you can get punted and spun and so that's what's that's the only thing going through my head kind of once we got the lead i was like all right we probably have a decent shot here but that caution is really going to screw everything up so just hoping for no yellow but that's you know you never know what's going to happen but you have to be ready for it and uh don't know how it would have played out if we did get a yellow but fortunately for us there wasn't one all right, we're going to go upstairs to the press box. Go ahead, press box, with your questions. wondering do you see similarities in that this season for you guys or do you think your your path with your team has been sort of more unique um no I, it's that's nice pointed out to me yeah I, I think there are some similarities you know i think uh you know the playoffs for us for joey last year and me this year have been fairly similar you know um and just you know peaking at a really good time and that's that's kind of what that group did last year and, and we're definitely doing that this year um, so, so yeah, it's, it's good to have the support from everybody. You know, our, our groups work really closely together. Um, you know, me and the 22 and the two 21 as well. Uh, we all work really close together. And I think that's, that's been good to kind of get information from everybody. Uh, so it's been fun to work with Joey on that. Um, since he, you know, was out of the, you know, was out of the playoffs early, kind of working with Joey through that stuff and picking his brain on a few things. So, um, uh, yeah, it could be, hopefully it's, Hopefully it's identical next week of what what Joey's uh, end of the season was last year. And uh, just a quick follow-up. I was just wondering, uh, with what Joey did last year and what you have done so far in the playoffs this year, uh, I don't know if it's the car or just the state of the series right now, but do you feel like uh, it's too early or to ever count any driver or organization out when it comes down to the playoffs? Yeah, I think you make a good point. I don't think you can ever count anybody else out, um, any team out, um, especially with this car now. You know, I've always, I've always related this sport to a big circle of performance, right? You know, you have teams on top of the circle for a long time, doing well, and then they'll dip down. You know, other teams will find something or what they're doing is not working, and you know, and that's how you re- that's how you react to it and how you get back on top of it. And it's just a big circle, and you see that all the time. And it's about peaking at the right time. And uh, our group is doing that. I mean, there was no, it's no secret this summer. I mean, we struggled. You know, I mean, our group struggled, and um, we just went to work. You know, they didn't, didn't get down. Our group didn't pout around. They, they just understood where we needed to get better, and they got better. And uh, that's the group you want to drive for, and that's why I'm excited to be at Team Penske uh, and, and excited to be around those folks. So, um, yeah, just a lot of hard work by a lot of great men and women. And uh, Big testament. That's that's the team you want to be a part of. So lucky to be a part of it. All right. Cool Weatherman with Short Track Report. Um, what were your opinions on the new Goodyear tire compound used here today, and do you think it's a good step forward for Short Track? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. It. You laid some rubber down. I mean, the track got dark. Uh, it kind of got some some clumps in it. Um. I was surprised at that because the tire test I didn't think was 
it, it didn't really lay that rubber down, but it was hotter today. This is kind of best case scenario, you know, it was hot, you know, especially early in the race, two thirds of the way through the race. And, um, so that was, that was good for it, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's good. It laid some rubber down. I think there's some other things we still have to kind of weed through. I, I still like to see more fall off. Um, but I, hopefully, I don't know. It's hard to say if it's in the right direction or not. Temperature's big from the spring. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, how every driver kind of approaches it a little bit differently of when you go, when you save, how much you save, you know, tire-wise. Um, you know, I kind of started doing that in stage two when I was behind the 11. I saved a good amount of tire behind him while I would keep pace with him because I know, you know, it's hard to kind of see the leaders get to lap traffic and kind of get stuck. And they need some tire to kind of be aggressive through them. So I just was like, all right, well, I'm just going to save tire and, if he pulls away from me a second, it's going to come back whenever he catches the tail end of the field. So um, I'm just going to save it, and, and it benefited for us there. So I, I kind of had the same game plan and started stage three there when we made our last pit stop, just save tire and see how long it goes. And, and I think it's going to pay dividends on the back end if uh, if it did go green. No, unfortunately, he wasn't here today. Um, I haven't had my phone uh, with me at all, so uh, I'm, I'm sure I will hear from him uh, very soon. Walt Zarnicki was here, Bud Danker was here, so that was uh, Tim Slendrick was here, so that was great to have those guys here. Um, you know, if, even if RP couldn't come, so uh, yeah, excited to I'm excited to call RP on my drive home. That's going to be fun. Oh, for sure. I think that makes this place even more special to me, you know, getting to drive for those guys for a couple of years. Uh, I saw Leonard today. Leonard was on the grid today, and he was psyched to be here. He always gives me a speech and uh, gives me a bro handshake, which is awesome. But uh, uh, I always like seeing Leonard, and, um, you know, it's great to see him today. Great to see he's still doing really well. And um, I didn't see Eddie or Len, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it makes it even more special, you know, to get drive for those guys who are just from down the road, and, and this place means so much to them, and hearing stories about this place back in the day, you know, in the 40s and 50s when, when Leonard was testing stuff here with Glenn. Um, it's just awesome stories, you know, and it's stuff that we really enjoy hearing, you know, as a driver, especially as a, as a guy, um, you know, who's driving for them. It's just uh, really, really cool. So, yeah, it definitely means a lot more, and, and uh, I'm sure Eddie and Leonard have texted me. i, I got to get back, but... Uh, no, it was awesome to see Leonard today, and he he said he believed we were going to win, so uh, I guess he was right, which is common for him. All right, any final questions in the press box? All right, we'll come back downstairs for a few more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Christian Coley, kickingthetires.net. Ryan, did uh, you get a discussion after Talladega and your burnout? Oh, no. Uh, I didn't. No, I didn't see Inman, uh, unfortunately. So no, I just didn't. I didn't think it was. I don't know. It's that's a in the moment thing. Probably should have done one, but I'm happy I didn't. I don't know. All right, we're gonna go, Deb. 
Deb Williams, Auto Week. Congratulations, Ryan. Um, when Jonathan and Hassler and uh, Walt Zarnicky were in here earlier, they pointed to your performance at Texas or that race as the turnaround in the playoffs. Do you agree with them, and if so, why? Um, yeah, I do look at Texas a little bit, maybe. Um, you know, I th- we weren't very good that weekend uh, at all, and uh, we stuck with it and, you know, kind of got off sequence on pitch strategy and was able to get track position and, and held it. And I think the fight that we had of holding our track position was, was good. It was a big turning point. It was a big confidence boost for everybody, and I sped at the end of the race and, and ruined it for us. But um, I thought, yeah, it was good. It was good for confidence for everybody and kind of set us on the right track of like, hey, we're getting a little better, uh, but we got to keep working. But, uh, yeah, that's I agree with them. Charles Rourke, Star News. One thing I noticed today is that your fan base is definitely increasing. I mean, you can just feel it. Uh, how does that feel? Oh, I've, well, I've been super fortunate. I've always had really good fans. Um, but it's picking up. It's, I is mean, it? Yeah, well, I think that's good. It, yeah. I, I don't get cussed at very often by fans, so that's good. And I don't get shot the bird very often. So that one guy did earlier this year, but I gave it right back to him. But, um no, I, yeah, I've been really lucky. I don't know why. You know, I mean, I don't. People ask me all the time. You know, how do you get, you know, fans, or how do you, if you were running for whatever, how do you get people to vote for you? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just kind of am who I am. I don't. And if you like it, that's fantastic. If you don't, you know, I whatever. You know, I don't really care. So, um, yeah, I've been lucky to have a lot of great fans. A lot of, you know, fans of my dad probably. You know, they kind of watched uh, our family growing up. But uh, yeah, I've been been lucky to have a lot of really really cool people that uh, support me and. I can't can't ask for more, honestly. I think, uh, you know, they make you feel good. That's for sure on the weekend, right? If you're getting support by the the grandstands, I mean, when I got out of the car on the front stretch, I mean, it was unreal how much you know the fans were cheering and how much support it was. So that uh, that's something cool for us when you can see it because we're so removed from that during the race, right? You don't. It's not like any other sporting event where you can hear the fans and you're playing off their energy. This is completely different. Um, so it's good to see that stuff after, especially after you haven't seen anybody for th- four hours. It's nice to get out and see a bunch of people cheering for you and smiling faces. All right, we're going to take one final question. Go ahead. Hey, Brian Damian, sort of it with the Roanoke Times over here to your right. Uh, first, uh, have you figured out where you're putting the clock? I'll figure out a spot like, somewhere. I don't normally keep trophies in my house, but that's it's kind of too cool not to not to do. Uh, most broadcasts mention how Denny Hamlin is so good on the long run. He mentioned today you were the best long run car out there. What allowed you to have that not only be aggressive early and pick up spots, but have the pace there at the end where you're able to track down Almarola from like 10 seconds back and win? Yeah. Yeah, I think our car, what it did really good was I've always been a, uh, they call me a curb machine here. And I, re- I just run right against the curb all race. I mean, inches from it, all race. And uh, it's like opposite of running the wall. It's on your left side. It's a little curb. But, like, I, to me, that's how I've always run this place. And you get under the rubber. You know, everyone kind of fades up in the middle of the corner, and it just cakes rubber down. I've always just gotten below it. And just if, uh, just patient, just rolling around the curb as long as I can and just driving straight off. And you, know, you see people with wide exits spinning their tires, right? That, pay, that, you know, that hurts you later in the run. So, We've always, I've always kind of asked of my car just to roll like crazy, right, to where I can, you know, maybe I don't get in super fast compared to guys, but once I get to the curb, I roll on the curb so fast, and it, 
I don't pick up the throttle till later that allows me to come off low and straight, and that just saves tires, right? If you're straight driving off compared to kind of a angle off the corner, it just helps your tires. And so that's something I've just kind of always done here, and it was a big benefit the old car, and um, it's, it's starting to become a benefit in this car, and it benefited us tonight. So, um, yeah, just different kind of lanes, things I've always things I've done for three or four years. Just uh, it's, um, it's good. And we were versatile. I mean, heck, I passed a couple guys on the outside getting above the rubber. So, But I've always preferred to run right against the curb, and um, our car was really good at doing that tonight. All right, Ryan. Congratulations again on that win today. We wish you the best of luck next week, and we'll see you on Thursday. All right, guys. Congratulations to William Byron, uh, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, and Kyle Larson. That's that's your final four for next week. We'll this week we'll be in uh, we'll be at Homestead. Look for Daytona time and the Rowdy Maglite show next week. The quote of the day: I had to drive the hell out of it. William Byron said, and he did. Man, absolutely did. So, guys, uh, appreciate it. It's been a great season. I've enjoyed it. Uh, we got the Xfinity guys going to be fighting it out. Uh, it got kind of heated in that Xfinity with Shelton Creed, but he was going for the win. And I don't think there were some folks that didn't get the real picture there of what actually could have happened. But uh, I hate it for, uh, you know, to make the cut, I, I thought Tyler Reddick would make it. Uh, Chase, uh, Chris Busher, he didn't make it. Brian, Brian Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin. Boy, him and uh, got a little heated there with Joey Logano after it's over. Kind of called that before it was over. So, guys, it'll all be on NBC. We'll be doing a pre-race, post-race show. We're gonna be we're gonna be live at Phoenix Raceway next week this weekend. I keep wanting to say next weekend, but we're here. It's Monday. It's Monday morning, and we listen to the winners on the Rowdy Magpie Show. All right, guys, appreciate it. Xfinity, Justin Haley. Sam Mayer. Joe, John Hunter, Nikashev, and Cole Buster. If you're Xfinity round, the total, the body dial. You got some that come and some that go. And the ones that go gotta stay gone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.